Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer NZ3120. Hey everyone, this is John Roca. This episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. Home of original series like Titans and Young Justice Outsiders, parts one and two. Their comic library includes over 20,000 titles from classics to recent releases and more complete storylines than ever before. Available on your favorite devices. So sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Collider Movie Talk. I am sitting in for the lovely Perry Namaroff, who is off handling other business today. But don't go away. We've got a lot to talk about here. We're talking about the Disney Plus TV shows coming out of Comic-Con. And we're also talking about this Matt 
Damon Ben Affleck story. And I am going to be joined today by two wonderfully funny panelists and knowledgeable panelists we be who funny can't now. stop talking yeah, about comic book stuff, superhero <laughs> stuff, and then we'll see what they know. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, let's meet it now. Jesus. That's Greg Alba from The Real Rejects. How are you, Greg? I love Marvel. <laughs> well said. Well said. No one shills like Greg shills. No one shills. I'm all pure shill today, people. 1997's The Fox yeah. Ambassador, Greg Alba here. Yeah. I love, uh, uh, and then of course we have Koi, Koi Jandro here from The Hero Set. How are you, Koi? Doing good, excited. I mean, this, this slate today is insane. Right? This Comic-Con was absolutely mind-blowing. And it, then my hometown boys, Affleck and Damon. Yeah, yeah. Perfect we're, show. We're going to get to them real Koi soon. Koi has shin splints. I, I walked so much, I have shin splints. Yeah. Comic-Con Koi, broke Koi has shill splints. I, I, I mean, I definitely do. I definitely have shill, shill. Let's move on to this. And this is the first uh, story today. That's from Disney Plus. Hall H exploded on Saturday night. Uh, Marvel doing their presentation for Phase 4. I was at a wedding in Portland, but I could hear it all the way in Oregon. <laughs> a lot of nerdgasms going on with the announcements of Phase 4 and Phase 5. Look, Blade blew me away, that announcement. So I'm excited about that. But... Looking at these shows, we want to focus on these Disney Plus shows, and we want to look at how they might impact the MCU overall as it goes forward into Phase 4 and Phase 5. You know, Kevin Feige has made it very clear that uh, the TV shows now in Phase 4 will definitely affect the larger MCU. We're looking at the TV shows Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which comes out in autumn 2020, WandaVision in spring of 2021, Loki in spring of 2021 as well. Hawkeye comes out in autumn of 2021. And by the way, those of you complaining about Hawkeye's Font, you obviously did not read the My- Matt Fraction book, which is what that font is based on. Yeah! Uh, and also the animated What If series that's coming out in summer of 2021. That's more of a lesser impact on the overall MCU. But those first four shows certainly uh, will be impacting the MCU overall. Koi, Jandro, you as uh, one of the co-hosts of Heroes, you look at this, you were there. What is the show that really stands out for you that you think is going to affect the MCU o- o- uh, more? I think overall, yeah. the timing of Hawkeye is really a testament to, I think Hawkeye might lead into Young Avengers. Okay. Uh, it is a book that has Kate Bishop in it. It is a yes. book based off the Matt Fraction run. It is a book that is featuring Ronan. Mm. I think what happens in that show is that Ronan slash Jeremy Renner slash Hawkeye has mm. to atone for what he's done and then passes the mantle on to Kate Bishop. Yeah. I think we're going to have a great like lethal weapon flavor with the young cop, old cop. I think we're going to have a lot of like fun buddy cop banter between the two of them, but it ends with him being like, I've got some red in my ledger I can't wipe off. I've got to retire as being Hawkeye your Hawkeye now and I think that leads into Young Avengers I think there's the reason it's one of the last ones on the slate I mm-hmm. think that ties into the greater MCU in a really big way and we know how good Matt Fraction's run and the animatics of this it was only like 10 seconds but yeah. they zoomed through like this beautiful symmetry in yellow and then we saw Kate Bishop as she is in the comics and the drawings and everything it felt just like Matt Fraction's comic which I think will lead beautifully to the future of the MCU and then he said Phase 5's Avengers team is very different than we've had before and mm-hmm. it has some old characters some mm-hmm. new characters I think it might be Young Avengers. And I think it'll be fascinating, too, because you have a Hawkeye now in in the Matt Fraction run. He doesn't have a wife and kids. Right. And so this will be fascinating to see how they weave that in. And, of course, they've done that really well throughout the MCU over the last 10, 11 years with their uh, uh, films, weaving in some of the uh, comic book stuff into their own story. So I'm excited to see what they're able to do with that. If Kate Bishop ends up being a huge part of this, that excites me even more. And one more theory. Yeah, yeah. WandaVision. Oh, yeah. WandaVision, I think, is going to reflect House of M. 
I, I think in a very different uh, way than people think. I don't think the mutant way, but okay. I think the events of House of M change the Marvel Universe. I don't think mutants come through through WandaVision, which I think is going to be based off Tom King's Vision Run, which if you haven't read, it's, it's life-changing. Uh, it's this dystopian feel of 50s. It's not set in the 50s, but it feels like mm-hmm, that Americana mm-hmm. flavor. Okay. I think in this case, it'll have Scarlet Witch, and I think she will go mad, and something will happen at the end of WandaVision where yeah. she says something or does something that causes a rift in the multiverse, leading to the madness in the multiverse with Doctor Strange. Uh, we know that Scarlet Witch is in Doctor Strange. Right. We know these movies tie together. What better way to get people from the TV to the movies and back and forth than have Wanda do something so big it takes multiple episodes, takes multiple hours, that leads into the madness of the multiverse. Yep. that's. Yeah. A, I love that theory. I hope it, it does come true. That certainly opens up a lot of avenues. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's better than just one person from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. showing up in a Captain America movie. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Recently departed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. R.I.P. Uh, you look at this situation, Greg. What's the TV show that stands out for you that you think might tie into the uh, I mean, I feel bit. like the one that they're leading with, the, the first one, Falcon Winter Soldier, okay. that's the one that has me the most intrigued. I was a little bit bummed because when you watch Endgame and then you see that Falcon inherits the shield, yeah. I was thinking, oh, man, it's going to be crazy to get his movie. Then I remembered, oh, yeah, they're doing the show. But what's exciting me about this whole process, I, I think what was – they didn't ever include – you guys would know better than I would. Whenever they announced the phases, they never included like the Netflix Marvel shows, of course not, right? because they didn't they think never, they were connected. They, right? never, they never included not, that. So not it's overtly. Fa- right. It's fascinating the, incident on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to see what they're doing here with like, oh, wow, the half of the, what was on that lineup are the TV shows. I'm curious to see if people will truly follow it, though. There's a lot of us hardcore fans who are obviously going to go check it out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm also thinking about the idea of when you marathon these things. Well, Disney Plus have kind of a playlist of watch it in this order. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're going to have all the Marvel shows like that excites me. But what about when they marathon the movies at movie theaters? Will they have the shows included as well? Oh, you're going way and, out there. Yeah, well, that. I'm, That's I'm, a great idea. Yeah. I'm thinking, though, would you have to do that? And these shows have to be great, though, because, you know, it's like we can marathon the MCU films and we could like a lot of people don't like Thor the Dark World, but you could be like, oh, it's just one movie. Let's just watch it. Right. But with the whole show, you're going to have to really make a commitment if you're not enjoying like the first two episodes. Well, crap, we got like seven, eight more hours left of this to keep going. Well, this is a, yeah, this is a great point you bring up. Greg, I it, wanted to bring some. Something go, go, different go, to the table. Oh yeah, of course. You of know? course because yeah. I'm like, let Koi have the theories. What's what are no one else bringing up? <laughs> that's fair. And that's this fair. is what I'm going to bring up today: that's marathon <laughs> sessions, people. That's how you stand out in this business. You yeah. do something new. The real rejects certainly do that. You look at this <laughs> situation here with this, though, Greg. You bring up a great point. This is almost like a soft reset of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could absolutely walk into the MCU now without having seen any of the MCU films and get caught up quickly. Yeah. And then f- with all these new characters, all these things, you would only have to have someone sitting next to you going, okay, that's connected to that in this way. Boom. And you keep going. Mm-hmm. So that is certainly possible. So the marathons may have to wait for a bit, but then when they do yeah. come, you might be right. They're, in essence, uh, pseudo Hall H sessions every day. Yeah. You know, 12 hours in one room. And people are also talking about, you know, oh, Blade is that going to be rated R when they right. finally have Deadpool will that be rated R I'm thinking like Falcon Winter Soldier the, and even Hawkeye especially mm-hmm. uh, these the characters are I mean Falcon Winter, they don't have superpowers right Falcon and Winter Soldier Winter Soldier does Winter Soldier kind of does yeah, right? but still America like a lot of, even in, when you watch like that Captain America the Winter Soldier but comparatively now yeah. no right but having the kind of villains they go up against I feel like those could lend itself to sort of a hard R type mm-hmm. of TV show and I wonder if Disney Plus is willing 
isn't willing to do that. I love the way you listen, Coy. Yeah, well, Man, I mean, you've got... the most engaging listener. <laughs> you're just like, wow. I'm not thinking about the next thing I'm going to say. I'm just going to listen to you. You've got, you got, you got Daniel Brule coming back as Baron Zemo. you got Emily Van Camp yeah. coming back uh, as Sharon Carter, Peggy Carter's well, great niece. I mean, with the Hawkeye show, they said they were possibly wanting to explore some of the Ronin elements uh, when you know, the snap thing mm. was happening. So I'm thinking there you could actually go a little bit hard R. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that the Netflix show shows did that other than like actual nudity mm-hmm. but they still went pretty violent and i think they can get away with that especially with falcon winter soldier mm-hmm. and hawkeye well i agree with everything you guys are saying I- i'm excited to see and those shows seem to be the ones that could stand out in this way because they're both tied into the original uh first three phases yeah. of uh the mcu mm-hmm. but you look at loki who's also been tied in so i think loki gets should get a little bit of love as well i think this is going to be fascinating to see what that's what he does with that tesseract there's nothing that pissed dennis zen off more than the idea that loki he was going to come back to life in some form <laughs> in some way and I was like yeah there's no way they're killing him off he yeah. is too interesting and look they brought everybody back in new and unique ways right and so that's going to be fun to see what he does with that Tesseract and he could easily pop up in other TV shows with that Tesseract and actually become yeah. like the old school 70s superhero TV shows where you'd have like Captain America show up yeah. on the Hulk or yeah. Spider-Man show up on mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four those kinds of things you had those possibilities when you were watching those old 70s TV shows will there they have a little bit of influence on here and also tie into the larger I think so. universe. I mean, it's Loki. He's the trickster. Yeah, he is. I think, that God one, of I think this one will be the most fun. You know, I, that, that, the idea... It seems weirdly to be the most inconsequential for some reason to me, right. probably because of the fact that it is like that Loki that picked up from Endgame. And I know some people have been a little bit bummed of like, oh, what about all that character arc? Well, now we're just going to get a whole different kind of character arc mm-hmm. here with Loki. But I like the idea of what you're saying of him hopping around the shows or hopping around timelines as he can do that. He can. I feel like that one will definitely be the most fun. And I don't know why it reads as the most inconsequential, which to me means it'll probably be one of the most consequential <laughs> ones. Right. So, yeah. I also think it's going to be interesting because we get an Endgame era Avengers 1 era Loki which means he doesn't have any of the maturation exactly into, like we're mm-hmm. getting a Loki when he's full god of mischief he doesn't have any like he doesn't care he's not as compassionate as he grows yeah. so I'm, I'm excited to see Tom Hiddleston's regression I'm excited yeah. to see him play yeah. 2006 or 8 or whatever's Loki that's going to be really mm-hmm. fun to have that flavor mm-hmm. plus the idea of like Forrest Gump with Loki I think he's gonna be like running through time and having hijinks so <laughs> right. I think it's gonna be a really fun show yeah. it's just it I think it's going to be less tied directly into ramifications of the films as you were saying and then what if is completely the wild card but jeffrey wright as the watcher like hearing his voice come out and knowing Mm -hmm. that's what the watcher is going to be every one of these shows definitely has full spectrum potential for everything we want out of them yeah i just want him to have the accent uh, from shaft that would be great if jeffrey wright showed up as the watcher (laughs) (laughs) what you're doing with that tesseract man i'd like to see that so anyway we'll see what happens disney plus looks it's exciting (laughs) kevin feige certainly as you guys mentioned he did not always talk Talk about the Netflix TV shows in conjunction with the MCU. Certainly doing that now. His quote here real quick, if I can read it before we have to jump ahead. It is incredibly liberating. It's an amazing opportunity we have. He told this to, to a Screen Rant. Disney Plus has sent a wave of creativity through Marvel Studios in a really great way. Uh, it's going to focus on events you think you know everything about from the MCU. When you change one thing here or there, how everything yeah. is different. I mean, and certainly they needed to shake things up to go into a new phase. I mean, one really quick thing I wanted to add before yeah. we move on. Uh, we were talking about the Netflix shows because it seemed like for us as viewers at the time before we knew they were canceled is mm-hmm. that they they tie into the movies in right, some way. Right. And we were hoping that, okay, maybe after a couple of years we'll get them back. I really feel like it's it just seems like we're not going to get them back, those versions. And Kevin Feige even said uh, – uh, 
Steve Weintraub mm. that, you know, caught, no, the whole Cottonmouth thing, because now that we have Mahershal Ali right. as Blade, I'm like, no, Cottonmouth isn't going to They be. sold the clothes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There have been auctions. <laughs> That's true. You can yeah. buy their yeah. the clothes. That means it's over. It's over. <laughs> like, when there's an auction, yeah, you don't put back in the house. It's done. I had some hopes that Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox would return, but I'm like, none of this is going to happen. I love because yeah. I love them, but the clothes are gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got to move on. One quick question for you guys. Real quick. This is John Ashford in the chat. With Blade coming back, what other Marvel horror character will come to the MCU? Man Thing? Moon Knight. Moon Knight. I love Moon Knight. Everyone's been wanting yeah, Moon Knight yeah. for a long for time. Years. Yeah. And that's what like Marcus McFeely yeah. want. That's what everyone wants. I think if we're going to get Marcus McFeely back, it's going to be through Moon Knight. And I yeah. think if we're going to play, I think the supernatural element of Doctor Strange is going to allow for Blade. I yeah. think we could even get a Blade post credit scene yeah. in Doctor Strange tying us into Phase 5. Nice. I just wanted a character. Yeah. You. New, <laughs> uh, give me something. New Mutants. New Mutants? New Mutants. Oh, yeah. Boom. Look you at that. watch, guys. It's going to happen. I can see Dorian. It will be released. I can see Dorian being in the New Mutants. New, New Mutants. Let's put it up. All right. right. Uh, next up on the show, we're talking about Matt Damon and Ben Affleck coming together in a Ridley Scott film. But before we get to that, uh, we want to get you. We want to get those live chat questions. So send those in. Uh, and also, we have some plugs to do. And the first plug here is from uh, Coy Jandro's co-host on Heroes, Amy. Let's see that now. Hi, I'm Amy Dallin, one of the hosts of Collider Heroes. And starting right now, you can catch our show at a new time and format. We're coming at you Tuesday nights with a new shorter Collider Heroes and a longer Collider Heroes podcast where Koi and I are going to talk your ears off. You already know that's coming. So make sure to go to YouTube, subscribe, and find us on the Collider Heroes podcast feed for all of that sweaty goodness. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CEO. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Hey everyone, this is John Roca. This episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by the DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. You know who you are. You can watch, read, shop, and even connect with other fans on this service. It's the home of DC original series like Titans, Doom Patrol, and Young Justice Outsiders Part 1 and 2. Listen, I love those shows, especially Doom Patrol. What an incredible show that explores the weird, quirky side of the DC Universe through some incredible 
incredible actors and some fantastic characters. And if you haven't given Doom Patrol a chance, go ahead and do so now. Hell, stop listening to me right now and go and watch it. Their comic library over there as well includes over 20,000 titles from classics to recent releases and more complete storylines than ever before. I mean, we're talking the Man of Steel, Harley Quinn 2016, and Batman number 50. That's right, Batman number 50. You can watch new animated films like Justice League versus The Fatal Five and Batman Hush coming soon, along with classic movies like Superman and Superman 2. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices. Sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. I love the lovely Amy Dallin. She's so much fun. So much joy. Also, uh, the other thing we want to tell you about is that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, was uh, screened for press last night, and some people went to the premiere. Jeff Snyder and I, for God's sakes, we're going to get together and do a non-spoiler review. We're going to drop that later on today, so look for that. All right, let's move on to our second story, and that is uh, Boston Boys here. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, you can't account for taste, they're Red Sox fans. Uh, They are writing and starring in uh, a new film from Ridley Scott called The Last Duel. They've teamed up with Nicole Holof Center. I hope I'm saying that right, to write a new script. It is called The Last Duel. It's their first effort, joint effort, since they won the Oscar for Goodwill Hunting. And hey, if you're going to come back together, what better director to get than Ridley Scott? Uh, the, it's a revenge story that follows two best friends, I imagine Damon and Affleck. <laughs> uh, who, and when one goes to war, the other rapes his wife. The soldier learns of this upon his return, but no one will believe his wife, so he's left with one course he appeals to the king of france and challenges his former friend to a duel to the death this seems like a drama and though it sounds a little bit like a comedy it's based on a true story about the last legally sanctioned duel in france i'm getting barry linden vibes from this uh so we'll see uh, Gre- uh greg alba you hear this is this the way you wanted them to come back in a period yeah. piece set in france it sounds really funny like you said yeah uh, Coy told me it takes place in the late 90s. Like 1790s? 1790s? I'm cautiously optimistic about this. Yeah. One. Uh, you know, like, I feel like Ridley Scott is often a name that people get very excited about, but truthfully, I find him to be a little bit hit or miss. He, he sometimes makes, like, great films. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not one of those directors who's just, like, went downhill, you know? No. Uh, but he, sometimes he makes great films, and sometimes it's like, uh, it's kind of whatever. Sometimes he gets two actors, like, you know, Christian Bale and Joel Edgerton for uh, that Moses movie. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. Oh, oh. never mind. And that was a period piece yes, movie. Yes, it was. But, you know, I think the idea of Ben Affleck and Matt Damon coming together for this specific project, when I first heard, like, the headline, I'm like, oh, sweet, a cool drama from them. And then I read this. I'm like, oh, wow, that sounds, that sounds intense. <laughs> How do you make a trailer that really communicates? Indicates this movie. Um, I'm hoping. My main hope is that Matt Damon is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like for this, it's easy to imagine Ben Affleck taking on that role. But we were talking before filming. I think Matt Damon can play some great bad guys. Talented Mr. Ripley, well, certainly uh, uh, The Departed, for example. Yeah. But this is like pure. This is like vicious. Yeah. You know, to betray your best friend to that degree. John Humphrey and I have been in this situation too many times. Whoa. So yeah, I think that this movie. <laughs> that, that's right. That's the kind of comedy you get at the real rejects yes. today, people. Well, Walk on over to that channel, oh, subscribe, click that oh, notification bell. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Coy, right, well, up let's transition us. Coy and Greg, uh, I love Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. I have a strong bias because they grew up like 20 minutes from me, so there's a, an inherent bias for these Boston boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do, in fact, like them apples, and therefore, anytime they team up, I am always down. I loved the moment in the Jay and Silent Bob rebooted when we got to see them together on screen again. Yep. That's always going to be exciting. Snoochie uh, Boochies. Snoochie Boochies. Good Hunting 2, Hunting Season, one of the best movies of 
all time. Yes. It doesn't exist, but I love it. Uh, but for me, I... And I don't know how to say this in any other way. I didn't watch Game of Thrones because I don't like stories around rape. Uh, I know that rape is is a part of life. I know that is something that happens. And it I know that be, but it sur- is. Yeah, so survivors need their stories told. But I hope they handle it more delicately than making it a sensationalized concept because I That's struggle watching point. it. I struggle having it be a plot point. I struggle knowing that people go through it. And, and it's a really a hard thing for me to rationalize uh, for a plot point. And yeah. I get that this is the last duel, and I love that side of the concept. So I just... I hope I can appreciate everything else around that, and I hope they tell it delicately enough that it's about them and not sensationalizing that point, because I don't want to be upset at Matt Damon or Ben Affleck, whoever ends up playing the villain, yeah. for doing too well at their job. Yeah. Like, I don't want them to sell yeah. me on that and then be like, well, I hate that guy. Well, well look, my question is, too, is like, you're talking about the sensationalized part. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, what will be the kind of tone of this movie? I feel yeah. like when it's easy to think of, like, the late Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, is it going to be, like, some cool thriller type of movie? Yeah. Or is it going to be a kind of a psychological drama that you dive into that builds up to this last mm-hmm. duel mm-hmm. because I could see it going either way uh, I feel like you can actually get away with this movie without even showing that scene that'd be my preference I've, uh, I've, yeah. honestly I can't sit through those kind of scenes that's, that's what I, I struggle with uh, one of yeah, the hardest, sure, sure. So I have friends who can't sit through animal deaths me I can't sit through those kind of scenes yeah. it's very yeah. difficult for me to sit through well, that so. it could be a terribly dark comedy of manners like we saw in the fountain wait you're being mm-hmm. serious uh, about the comedy part. yeah yeah I think <laughs> there's, there's, I there's a hard time seeing possibility that. here like Jojo Rabbit like Hitler uh, yeah, yeah that kind of stuff right 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 and it seems to be an exploration that is happening about okay. going into these period pieces and exploring this way now I'm sure it's going to be a drama and it'll do itself but what is fascinating to me is it could have uh, ramifications that echo into 2019 with a lot of the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement and these uh, stories coming out about people uh, committing sexual assault or numerous sexual assaults, it could have echoes. And so that's, if they're going to approach it in a dramatic way, in that way, so it feels topical, even though it's set during uh, that time in France, then I think there is something really incredible and uh, deep to explore here and complex that you can explore here, even though it's set in a different time. I just hope that people that have gone through atrocities like that don't feel like it's sensationalizing their experience. And I, and right. I hope that people watching it don't feel like attacked or I just, it's one of the most despicable things that humans are capable of. So mm-hmm. anytime I read that in a log yeah. line, I'm like, ah, I'm out. I mean, what yeah. I don't I want it you. to be is woman is assaulted and badass male dude comes to save you the day. And that's like, that's what I'm fair. sick of. Well, honestly, that's the plot point I'm sick of. So sure. I'm like, all right. But the, the dual I hope this aspect, woman's a character, the, you know? Right, the dual <laughs> aspect looks fun. But yeah, 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 I hear what you're saying. You're absolutely right on that end. And that's why Atomic Blonde was such a badass movie. Yeah. yeah. She, she don't so need nobody helping her. There's potential. I, I I love the team. I think Ridley Scott is also more hit than missed, but more missed sure, lately. Sure. Like there are misses. Uh, and then I love these two. So I have a lot of potential. All the math is there. I just hope that aspect is handled correctly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Hey, everyone, this is John Roca. This episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by the great DC Universe. It's the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. You know who you are out there. You can join now to catch up on part one of the original series, Young Justice Outsiders, and then stream new episodes of part two dropping every week in July and August. Look, Greg Weissman has created a fantastic show. You guys wanted it to come back. It's back now, so give it some love on the DC Universe. Continue watching DC's 
most iconic young superheroes and other brand new characters discover their unique meta powers and special abilities while they face the new threat of meta trafficking and an intergalactic arms race for control of these superpowered youths. Did you say youths? Enjoy Young Justice Outsiders as well as other DC original series like Titans and the awesome Doom Patrol, along with over 20,000 comics, animated films, and classic DC movies. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices, so sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. Sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. Uh, what, that's, uh, okay, so we'll see what happens with that movie. You know, more details will come out. There's certainly, uh, uh, you know, it's certainly quite a powerhouse team coming together for this. So uh, we'll see what the progression, and if it ends up being a kind of dark, really dark uh, I wonder how much they'll be commentary. actually writing. In the, the, yeah, well, uh, hey, don't oh, start that. Don't they, start that. They, they won that be, Oscar, you know. Yeah, well, they would actually they be it. writing a lot for this. I wonder. <laughs> They wrote it. We'll see. Well, I got to do one last plug here, and that's for Frosty, our own Frosty. That's Steve Weintraub here at Collider. He did an exclusive 30-minute interview from Comic-Con with Todd McFarlane and Rob Liefeld, you know, two uh, fans uh, from, of Heroes. Their first joint appearance in longer than they can remember. It is now up on Collider.com, so when the movie talk is over, you can go and watch that uh, interview and enjoy some time with Tom McFarlane and Rob Liefeld, who I love to pieces. All right, let's get to the chat. You guys want to have uh, some answers? Uh, all right, uh, let's see here. Who is this from, Dorian? Will Roca own up to being wrong about the Endgame box office? No, because I wasn't <laughs> wrong. Because I wasn't wrong. Yeah, it won, but it won by doing the re-releases. This was set... Uh, Avatar's record was set on its own. In the initial run, it defeated the current champion. Endgame did not. Endgame needed re-releases to defeat the current champion. That's my thought. So, anything? All right, we're moving on. I'm I'm happy for Endgame. (laughs) I I think Avatar had a re-release. I think that eventually Endgame will have a re-release. I think that... It already did have a re-release. But but I'm saying like a few years in. Okay. Uh, But I also think that it's all... Disney making billions. Yeah, Disney so beating at, Disney at to be Disney. At the end of the Disney. day, it's just everyone going like this with money, yes. and I get none of it. I'm so, so happy right. for them. So happy Good for, for Disney. <laughs> I'm so happy. Chill away. Yeah, Chill away. Man. All right, Kristen Offrey. We'll run through these real quick. Kristen Offrey, choose Kill Bill Volume 3 or Tarantino's Star Trek. What should be his last film? Volume 3. Star Trek. Ooh. Uh, I, I, Kill Bill is, is a, a kind of the exact example of how that storyline's done wrong that we were just worried about. Like, I was really like the hospital scene and all those things. I just felt like... I agree with you there. I agree with you there. But she got revenge. Nobody stood she, in to no take one, her. Like, she didn't right. have like the, the savior complex, exactly. but it still was based around that thing that I don't feel like I necessarily want Terrence you know, diving into. Star Trek, however, is a different mm. take we've never seen, and I've never seen a sci-fi handle to that kind of language. That's fair. I kind of want to see a BPU side Star Trek. I feel like just his passion would shine a little bit more with Volume 3. It seems like it's something that's been ruminating in his brain for so long he just opened up how he was talking about Uma Thurman about yeah. it recently yeah. uh, and it's, it's there's always been that, 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 that sprinkle for that storyline that was set up in volume mm-hmm. one that I'm like you know he says come find me when you're older yeah. to Renita Green's daughter Vivica I'm Fox like ooh I, I do want to see that that yeah. would be cool we'll see I, I vote Kill Bill volume three but I yeah I, Coy I, just, I don't want excuse me I don't yeah, want cussing Coy. in the Federation of Planets alright uh, Wolverine <laughs> Wool Space Vereen wants to know what are your box Offers predictions for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Go. 300 domestic. Overall, you overall. mean opening weekend? Overall. Opening weekend. No, no, overall. No, no, overall 300 uh, domestic, and I'd say another 250 foreign, bringing it around 550 to 600. Okay. Let's see. It's a three hour R rated film. That's why I went, <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I went overall. Uh, I would say, I mean, for guessing this opening weekend mm-hmm. and with the star power it has, I would probably say like 80 million this weekend. 
Okay, I saw it. Uh, I would say 60 to 70 seems fair. Okay. Um, I, I think it's a time period that a lot of people don't necessarily want to revisit who are in their 20s uh, mm-hmm. and 30s. I wonder if they'll want to know what's happening with Manson and 69. It's DiCaprio. It is Brad Pitt. Pitt. But DiCaprio hasn't like blown up the box office with The Revenant or any of these films. He was chasing so Oscars. <laughs> yeah, we should, that's, what <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But it's Tarantino's name, too. I it feel, is, I feel it like is. there's a lot to look forward it is. to. We'll here. see. I mean, we'll see as it comes along. But I just I think this is one of those films is a little harder to get into, and I wonder if it'll get the box office that people think it'll be eighty to one hundred million or something like that. I don't that. think it'll be we'll that see. high. Yeah, yeah. I like I, I personally think eighty. I, I agree with your seventy-five to eighty, but I think overall three. I think it'll have some good legs. I think a lot of like cinephiles will see it, and word of mouth will keep it out. So I think three hundred landing when it's done. Yeah, okay. we'll see, guys. Yeah, we'll see. Let's we'll wrap up. One last text. question, real quick. <laughs> no extra sentences. Luis Enrique de la Pena. If you could watch or make a Tarantino sequel to one of his films, which one would it be? Minus Kill Bill. All right, I'll go first. I take Reservoir Dogs 2. I want to see what happens to Tim Roth after this whole situation, how he's affected by it, uh, and how he goes <laughs> forward. What happens to Mr. Orange? I want to find out what the mercenaries and Glorious Bastards got up to when the war was over. I want to like see what a world post-Hitler is for them. Like, What do they do with those skills? How about a prequel where they all came together? Ooh, either one of those. Okay. So Glorious Bastards. Okay. I'd like to see Django Unchained. Yeah, I feel like it'd be cool to see Django. Were they together? A hunter. Yeah. Okay. I think that'd be really There's cool. There's a comic. Yeah. Django and oh, Jane yeah. Down Zorro. I like that. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. <laughs> That's our episode. This is a great um, episode. Yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> Collider Movie Talk, thanks so much for joining us in our raucousness here on Collider. We really appreciate it every time. Uh, that's it, I think. Uh, take care. Thanks to Adam Smith, the booth. Thanks to Dorian Parks for everything he was doing, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.